Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of the FPL Jingle. If you couldn't already tell, Owen is not with us this episode, as he has decided spending time with his family was more important. What a fucking loser. Meanwhile, I have COVID, but here I am anyway, giving our fans what they want, because I'm a fucking trooper. In this episode, we talk about the race for the top four, uh, going into the final week of Game Week 34. Liverpool dominated a desperate United, like they were an under-12 side. And what are our three tips and a spicy boy for this week? You'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, I'm definitely not feeling a sick, so let's get this road on the show. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 33 of the FPL Jingle. Uh, as you can tell, Owen isn't with us today, um, and but today I am joined by two professionals who are willing to show up and make an effort. Uh, Steve Lyons, how are you? Um, I'm good, uh, Steve. Um, I'm just wondering where these two uh, professionals are going to show up. Um, I've looked at the guest list and I do not see them. You're right. I, sh- I should actually say like one and a half because I, I would count yourself, but then this, the, the next person maybe not so much, even though his profession is as a lawyer. Uh, P- Paddy, how are you? I'm doing very good. And Stephen, I will say, despite your you know, admonishments, I do appreciate that you like to keep me grounded because it's, it's, it's really it's, it's love and I know it's that much, you know? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm sorry you've got COVID, but I'm glad you're here to join us because clearly Owen hasn't got that uh, that undaunted metal that you have, you know. Yeah, well, like you know, we can't all, we can't, the world can't be all like me, you know. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, you know, we'd, we'd solve all these world problems too easily, you know. The otherwise, we'd all be too tough. Exactly, we'd be too tough and die preventable illnesses too, wouldn't we, Stephen? Yeah. So uh, anyway, enough talking about how great I am because <laughs> I am great. Um, I'm modest. Hail, uh, hail. How, how, any, any crack with either of you? Any, any news? Uh, do you mean, actually have news. I actually do have the news, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I think I'm getting a job, so it'll be nice. Uh, I will say it's been very fun being unemployed. Uh, I, I wasn't aware it was as much fun as it is. Uh, one of the funniest things do you not talk was, to Ty Clean here, obviously, for the day, you know, doing a bit of job search and that kind of thing, chatting to recruiters, and... And uh, and Emily, to be fair to her, in her benevolence, is like, oh, do you know what? I don't want you like. I hope you're like doing okay, sitting at home, doing nothing for the day, and I hope it's not like you know getting you, you know, in a bad headspace. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm doing okay. Don't worry. When Rena's like, it's fucking great. I get to sit home, play the PlayStation, read books, and just play the guitar for like a few weeks. I haven't been able to do that kind of, I suppose, spare time since I was 15 or in college. It's great. But uh, but yeah, no, my my unemployment is uh, soon coming to an end. But it'll be nice because it appears to be with. A, a decent, a good company, so I need to do do a bit of horse trading to get that sorted out next week, so that'll be nice. So yeah, a bit of actual actual good news. Well, Isn't that wonderful? Well, congrats on the job front, Paddy, Thank and you. it's probably for the best that you're actually getting a, a job soon after, because I remember talking with Tyg, and he was saying after being unemployed for so long, having to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning was turn, it was an absolute chore, and he was <laughs> like nearly not able to function properly, so... Probably a good thing that that it's it's not look dragged on too long for you. True, but I mean, very naive of you to think I can function properly at any time. <laughs> this is true. Well, I, I I know that you can't function properly after twelve o'clock because that's when Bloody Marys and mimosas start kicking in. But I figured <laughs> at least in the morning time you'd be somewhat functional. Happy hour twelve to <laughs> five yeah. every day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Speaking of happy hour, uh, I'll I'll run us down through the the fixtures for this week. And uh, you can maybe give me your thoughts on some of the fixtures or how you guys are getting on this week. So uh, start off myself anyway. I had a I had a close, well, not a close win, but it was a, a tightly contested game against Andy where I came out on top 61 to 47 with uh, a couple of Southampton boys still to play. 
and he had a Ronaldo hat-trick to get him off to a fantastic start, but I managed to claw it back. That Liverpool game was key for me. Uh, Connell, that looks like he's gotten a win over yourself, Paddy. Uh, I, I should preface this by saying that we were recording during the Burnley-Southampton game, so the, all the fixtures haven't been finalised. Uh, Connell is ahead by three points um, in that game. Uh, Mark Gary has got a win over Connor Skeen, 52-41. Uh, Owen uh, Kenhidi has got a win over Owen Dillon securing his place in the playoffs 61-41 uh, John managing a win over Cahill Connolly despite only having 5 players play <laughs> uh, 41-36 one of those players got uh, zero as well yeah like it's just absolutely unbelievable uh, uh, Gary turned in uh, one of his good performances this week and beat Mark 43-14 uh, nice and Mark to turn up for that one uh, Team Auto Draft got a win over Mitchell Barr, denting his playoff hopes of getting that uh, ninth to twelfth playoff spot. Or no, I think it might have been the fifth to eighth. I believe uh, so. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Steve is in a tightly contested game against Porrick, where he leads by four points, uh, with Porrick having uh, Che Adams on his bench. Uh, I'm unsure if he said his subs. If he does, he has St. Maximan coming in for five points. Uh, Thomas Ivory has a closely contested game against Tyke Flynn that's gone down to the wire 49-39. But uh, maybe, lads, just because my voices actually start getting quite sore, uh, how how are you guys feeling uh, this this week's fixtures? Uh, just one quick comment actually, to him. I just one. know... I just know... Uh, well, obviously, I didn't cite track on my own match. But um, in terms of Tyke and Thomas, that's going to finish a draw to... Uh, Tyke has one bench point to come Ooh. in and their only remaining player each is Cornet, which will cancel out. So the first confirmed result is a draw. Then in my own one... Oh, spicy, spicy stuff. <laughs> then in my own game week, just... Uh, this, why does it always have to come down to the fucking wire? Just let me <laughs> fucking win or lose in peace. Nah, I can't have it, Steve. It's to- it's the race for top four. It has to go down to the wire like this all the time, every time. Who's going to pay for my medical bills? My heart cannot hack this. <laughs> hey, don't talk to me about medical bills right now. <laughs> Paddy, how are you feeling? Uh, looks like you're gonna. It looks like you're you're on for a loss this week, and you're and you're playing the the league leader next week. Yeah, um, look, potential uh, chance for you to fall out of the playoffs. I'm not. In a good, I'm not in a good place, Steve. I'm not in a good place. Uh, I, I have been saying it for weeks now. That one point loss to Mitch, I do think, has cost me the season. It uh, appears almost, I suppose, prophesized at this stage. But I, I will say, yeah, this week is very unlucky as well. Uh, if I have any bit of wisdom for future future me and any any listeners is not to, you know, I suppose, think too hard and deliberate too much on double game weeks and the allure of extra points. Mark Gary fucking parrot in my ear as usual. Ah, uh, yeah, but four points, four points guaranteed. That's his fucking line. I dropped Luis Diaz for Poxy, who was a Zaha, a bro hat. The fellow can't kick a ball. Useless. I uh, don't care what Owen says. Bro is useless. I uh, hope he scores two goals tonight, but he is useless. Um, dropped him for, dropped Diaz for him. Diaz would have me away, away ahead of Connell. And I dropped Bernardo Silva for, again, someone else useless. Sancho Christ. Uh, don't know why they were looking for him for so many years. He's crap. Uh, so if I kept those two lads, I would be home and hosed. And unfortunately, I did not. So yeah, so my future view would be not to go too hard in a double game weeks. If you've got a, a you know a good player against a, a reasonable team, then uh, then they keep them because they're they're going to do well and better than two you know two pointers. But um, but yeah, not feeling great. God, last week. I mean, 
if anyone's game with me versus Owen, hopefully Owen will have one eye on the playoffs, as he should do. Whereas I can focus more. No, on... he, he's he's very much said that he's focusing on that week as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. It's it's hardly surprising. But I mean, if he's if he's got a decision to make, one benefits more for the playoffs, one benefits more for messing up with me, then he should be going for the one for the playoffs. Uh, but I've no doubt if there's something he can do that uh, I suppose that both both those things can transpire for him. I'm sure he will do it, uh, and rightly so. I do the same. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got to make a few changes ahead of next week. I'm gonna have to eye up the fixtures. Because I, I really do, looking at the fixtures, see myself falling out. And it would be very, very disappointing, very upsetting. But I, mean, I will say, it is, it's definitely the most, I suppose, thrilling, most interesting runoff we've ever had. To have, you know, six probable contenders going into the last week. I mean, that, that couldn't have gone better. And to have four of that six all playing each other. I believe you're playing Cahill Connolly, so that's got the potential to be a very good fixture as well. And I mean, Connell has Ray team auto draft, so that's probably a bit of a bit of a walk. But I mean, again, there's there's a couple of really good fixtures going into last week, and I'm looking forward to having that uh, those exciting games, you know. Yeah, and just to go back on a point you made there, any man who advises you to drop Luis Diaz is not a man offering you good advice. And <laughs> my head immediately went to, do you know that guy in? the lord of the rings the two towers when he's uh the king is under like his spell yes, and he's like giving yeah. him advice <laughs> and like he eventually breaks he eventually breaks free of him and sends him back to sour Mound. that's what it reminded me of when you were talking about mark whispering in your ear well would you believe because i mean yeah. all he's doing is giving you uh, giving you false advice there like because i mean the odds are now you'll now you won't get Luis diaz back this week because people are going to pick him up do you know what? And I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I know, oh, oh, and Owen do, does have Luis Diaz, so at least I would have cancelled out for you. Yeah, like, I mean, one I, point I, of I note was... from me, Plus sorry, uh, Paddy, I just, when you mentioned, you actually said Mark Gary was a parrot in your ear, and in terms to double game weeks, you know, parrots repeat what they hear. You're the forefather <laughs> of double game weeks. Don't be like, oh, Mark Gary gave me this <sighs> advice. It was your advice in your own fucking ear. <laughs> I mean, me and Mark, uh, as two excellent fantasy football players, father son, do often uh, agree on things. But in this instance, I actually thought it was very funny, and it kind of, I suppose, aligns the point you're making there, Stephen, a moment ago about uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, misleading advice. Uh, I was chatting to Conor yesterday, and I was like, you know, what? I've only listened to Mark Gary. He was telling me to pick up uh, Veghorst for Vardy, but I was hanging on to Vardy because he might be back. And uh, Conor let me know that Mark actually dropped Veghorst. So uh, apparently, uh, that's a bit of a strange inconsistency there, isn't it? Yeah, the, the father-son relationship is uh, is straining a bit. Mark's hit puberty now, and he's lashing out and rebelling against you a bit. Just wait till his voice breaks. Oh, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but, um, Cause but yeah, because he's a man-child. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not feeling great going in. I mean, like, I, I do think my, my team is... It's not a bad team, and I think that I'm doing a bit of waiver work, and a lot of those waivers will be good for the long come, long ugh, long term, and um, not just for a coming match. But but yeah, it's not not a position I want to be in with such a, a strong position a few weeks ago, you know. Yeah, I get you. And so we might just uh, have a, a quick look at the standings as things stand, like just to to see how where where we are in the landscape in terms of the final game week before the playoffs. So. Owen was kind of more or less cemented his first spot um, with the, that win over Owen Dillon. Paddy now looks like he's going to drop down to fourth uh, with Steve and uh, Mark uh, leapfrogging him. And I think with this win, Steve, you're more or less guaranteed playoffs then. I don't think there's any way they can catch you. 
Uh, um, I know. Um, it's it's actually a lot closer than you think. Um, even yeah, I'm not mathematic. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You're only three points away from me. So if I win and you lose against Mark, I would, I would go ahead of you on points scored mm-hmm. because I have a higher points difference. So yeah, like you're still, still very much to play for there in second. Uh, Mark then obviously in in third, uh, it will be on sixty seven. So he'll only be two points uh, ahead of me. Uh, Connell then uh, will be right behind uh, myself because he's only he'll be on sixty four, um, and then so that's kind of everyone in the top six fighting for that kind of third slash fourth spot. Like the like we mentioned, uh, just just unbelievable. Like you couldn't script it any better. My head kind of reminds me of the Max Verstappen Lewis Hamilton uh, final race uh, of last season for anyone that kind of is into Formula One, but like Paddy against Owen. Uh, Steve against Mark, like I play Cahill, uh, like all interesting matchups that'll decide uh, the playoffs. Mm. Um, then you kind of have a bit of a drop off, uh, more so than for that fifth to eighth. You got Connor in skiing secured in seventh on on uh, fifty five. Uh, Porik will be in eighth on fifty two, but uh, Mitch will be behind him there on fifty one, and. Uh, so Mitch is still kind of in with a shot there, getting a leapfrog and Porik, but it kind of will all come down to that final game week. Uh, Carl then is in 10th on 50 points. Again, he still has another shot at 8th, but he'll have to beat me and kind of hope a couple of results go his way. Tyg, meanwhile, is kind of uh, more or less secure in that 9th to 12th. He's in 11th on 49 points, or 40, 50 points after the draw with Thomas. Uh, John is kind of uh, in a bit of trouble. Well, no, he'll, he'll uh, be 4 points clear of um or no it'll actually be more than that so he's more or less secured in 12th so thomas is kind of destined to finish 13th in that final uh 13th to 16th 18th and play i'm really butchering this now so i'll I'll finish it up quickly (laughs) um basically what it means is that there's 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 it's all to play for in that that uh, top playoff spot and um that kind of final spot for the fifth eighth is, is still up for grabs as well so a lot to play for and uh, some very exciting matchups as we were talking about now. But uh, what we might do is we'll move on and review the game weeks that that was game week 32. Okay, and uh, looking at uh, game week 32, I'm not going to go down and list all of the fixtures for you because uh, I just don't want to. <laughs> Um, the three games that we're going to focus on and talk about in terms of fantasy and maybe a wider aspect in terms of football are, are uh, Liverpool 4, United 0, uh, Chelsea 2, 4, Arsenal, and uh, Manchester City 3, 0, Brighton. And uh, well, we might as well start uh, with the Liverpool game. And uh, Paddy, you were you were watching this one or you had a, a review of this one. What did you think? Yeah, no, actually, I got to say a good bit of unfairness. I, I reviewed the first uh 30 minutes because I didn't see it because I was on the way to the pub for pizza and pints but I, uh, I saw the last 60 minutes with the, the phone in the pub because they hadn't got TVs shockingly and um, and I mean like I was chatting to go to the bar who had on the iPad at the start and it was when it was 1-0 and I was like Jesus 1-0 already and I went up for like another pint and it was 2-0 I was like Jesus it's not going to finish 2-0 is it? he's like I'm expecting 4 or 5 and it was just so clear from the start I mean how dominant Liverpool were now I was discussing this with two or three other mates too and they were like saying essentially they'd like watched it, watched the highlights after watching the full match, and it had become like so clear to them. Now one of them's an Arsenal fan and one of them's a Liverpool fan, just how I suppose different in their setup and their style Liverpool were and how many years ahead they were. 
uh, not unlike uh, what poor Ralph was saying during the week. And I mean, the point I made, and it's the point I make here as well, is that I suppose Liverpool have such a singular vision for a couple of years now, and probably Klopp, and I'm sure his scouting teams and his style. So like anyone who comes in is coming in with a very, I suppose, specific, uh, you know, I suppose, set of skills. They're coming in with a very specific, I suppose, fitness level because they run so hard. And they, they're obviously probably very good players. Uh, probably have a very good brain for the game. And I'm sure that's a big part of it because it's very much a very clear Liverpool way, a Liverpool style of play. It's not unlike, you know, Moyes having a style of play with West Ham. They're very well regimented. They'll all press. They're very strong defensively. And I just think it's it's so important you see in that, that match, Liverpool and United, to bring it back, uh, how important it is to have an actual cohesive style. Whereas United are, I suppose, players who are there for years, different managers, different styles, different mindsets, different, I suppose, skill sets. Uh, I suppose, speaking closer to home, everything's the exact same. Uh, with, I suppose, probably players from seven or eight different managers in that team, if, if, if <laughs> maybe more. Uh, when you look at Coleman being a Moyes signing, and I just th- I do think it's too many cooks spoils the broth. And I think when you look at Liverpool, they have such a, I suppose, a game plan, such a style. Everyone knows their position. Everyone knows their their jobs. They press together. They retreat together. They do everything together. Um, I just think it's it really was impressive seeing them, and I think it's kind of a testament to Klopp as as loath as I am to say it. What you can do in a couple of years if you're given, you know, that full, I suppose. Uh, you know, Amber to do what you want and to sculpt things as you want it. So again, uh, as I said, uh, as low as I am to say it, I do think Liverpool are excellent. I think City, it's obviously theirs to lose because they're ahead and I, I do think they are the better team. But Liverpool are just, just so impressive. They just were so quick on the counter. They were just so quick in possession. That little man, no look pass, was so snazzy as well. From, you know, those individual flares. Um, I'm not, there's no point, and I'm, I'm sure you probably agree with me, there's no point in going in and giving flack to United. Everyone knows how lacking they are in certain departments in certain areas. I did see someone did a full breakdown of Harry Maguire's game. I was just like, Jesus, that is kicking someone while they're down. Uh, not much spoilers, it wasn't a very good game he played. Um, you'd know that from watching the match and then even they went through it on a very technical basis and you could see exactly the mistakes he made. But uh, but yeah, just there was no competition. It was literally men against boys. As you, see, you said in the interlude, I believe, or the, the intro, it's, it looked like they're playing against an under-12 team. Because there was really, really no competition. But um, hey, listen, maybe you've got a much more, uh, I suppose, a softer view towards United, but I doubt it. What do you think? So um, just to maybe bring it back to fantasy a little bit, um, Mm. obviously Liverpool are dominant and all of the the good players that are at Liverpool, everyone already kind of knows about. I was just thinking with uh, the United double game week coming up against Arsenal and Chelsea, they're obviously not easy fixtures but uh would there be anyone you'd be considering looking at like would you would you be looking at any defenders or any forwards or anything like that because i assume there'd be a lot of uh united options uh, still available in, in most leagues i mean based on my transfer there's gonna be more options available next week because i'm dropping it to united lads i i do not want when you look at it, this week was an easier an easier two fixtures in paper uh, obviously, they had one hard fixture and one very hard fixture, but they also had one very easy fixture, and they bottled that. So if Alex Tellers is going to concede two goals against Norwich, I'm dropping them for che- Chelsea and Arsenal, isn't it? Uh, it is yeah. Arsenal away and then Chelsea at home. Yeah, yeah. so if Tellers can't keep a clean sheet against Norwich, I'm not keeping them for Chelsea and Arsenal, especially when he got rotated. Uh, same with Sancho. I mean, they just haven't got enough going forward. They obviously rely so heavily on Ronaldo. And even then, he's been very, I suppose. Yeah. Do you, Do you think Ronaldo? Do you think Ronaldo will be back for that Arsenal game, or do you think he'll he'll 
he'll be back for the Chelsea game or what I, is there I has there been any I'm, indication? I haven't seen any indication. Uh, in fairness, I didn't look into it because uh, I suppose that the news is so soon. In fairness, that tragic news, but I they're so reliant on. I wouldn't be surprised if he was back. To be honest with you, but again, I wouldn't be relying on it to say the least. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be dropping if I had him. But personally, as someone who's going into a week where he absolutely needs to win, I'm not looking at United players as my my saving grace. Put it that way. I'll, I'll, I'll actively be dropping some United players. To be honest with you. Fair enough, and. Uh... Yeah, like a kind of a sound enough analysis of the match, Paddy. Like, you know, United were, were never at the races. They had no midfield and Liverpool just were able to pass through them the whole time. Um, it was confirmed today that Tintag has taken over as the, the head coach for next season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the summer in terms of bringing in players and maybe getting rid of players as well. And also the the, the hand that Ranić has uh, in, the, in those selections because it definitely seems like things haven't gone as well as he would have hoped so how much they'll value his opinion when it comes to the advisor role that he was promised after this managerial uh, stint uh, is unclear uh, Steve what do you think of the the Ten Hag coming in because you know Owen would typically shy away from this stuff but he's not here so let's just talk about it anyway Um, like again there's so many circumstances around it in terms of like how it can be successful or how he might, you know, end up failing. Like, I think coming from the Ajax philosophy, like, it's a very ground-up approach, development, talent. They don't spend big money. They have an idea of how they want to play, which kind of Paddy alluded to, that they don't have any idea of what they want to do at the minute. There's no tangible play style at all. So at least Ten Hag will bring that, but he can only bring that if... If he's allowed to clear house in the summer, which definitely needs to be done, and then it's the level of backing, <coughs> excuse me, that he's going to get um, thereafter. I don't think he's going to be one to just go for kind of the big names that they've kind of and brand names that they've gone for recently. Like we're just all assigned Falcao or Di Maria, throw seventy seven at Sancho. <laughs> Falcao, I forgot about him. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think United, are, the rumour is £200 million for the summer, which isn't crazy considering how much money they've spent so far in their in the last four or five years. I think they've spent the most money of any club in Europe. I think it's like over a billion. Um, and that the squad they have now is pretty much garbage. But um, yeah, like I think that's correct in what you're saying, Steve, that he's only going to sign a, a certain type of player that kind of fits his philosophy and the way that he likes to play. And like I, I think his style of play can be successful, but I think it's definitely going to take time. And whether they'll be willing to give him the amount of time that he might need, I think also the directors or the technical scouts or whatever, uh, the the impact that they might have in, in those signings will be massive. I think he'd probably want to have uh, pretty much the full control over it because, as you can see, the, the signings they've made so far have been terrible. Um, like yeah i don't know where to go with this now it's just kind of like paddy do you is there ever a point where you start feeling sorry for united i don't think so but what do you think <laughs> absolutely not i mean it's the same as feeling sorry for liverpool i remember years ago i was like i was watching the the final against milan that they came back in and i was oh geez what, what year is that 2004 2005 
2005. So I was yeah. 10 years of age. And I was watching it. And like, I very much grew up with like my dad being an Everton fan, being like, fucking hate Liverpool. I was like, geez, you know, you start feeling sorry for them. And he looked at me like stony faced and was like, no, no, we don't. And then they fucking came back. But, um, but my view would similarly be that, like, United were at the ascendancy for so long. Uh, and they only have themselves to blame. They've had unlimited, uh, I suppose, funds to put into fixing their squad and getting things sorted over the last couple of years. It's a, uh, from the top down, it's an absolute clusterfuck. So, I mean, I, I, I've no sympathy for them. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Um, I mean, how could you? I can't, I can't imagine either of you be feeling sorry for them yeah. either. Yeah, I know. Uh, speaking of no sympathy, uh, Steve, Chelsea 2 for Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> a great win for the, the Gunners to uh, to keep their hopes of top four alive and considering the loss to Southampton at the weekend, a much-needed win. Yeah, no, these are a massive three points, um, especially coming off the three losses on the trot, um, especially when like they weren't it wasn't the best opposition we faced in those um, fixtures by any stretch, so to kind of get an upset win away at the bridge was big. I don't think it was a brilliant performance from us, um, but it was also it was equally kind of frantic from Chelsea. Neither team was able to grab a foothold in the game, but um, I think kind of the mistakes um, made by either team were kind of accentuated by the the moments of quality and brilliance the other opposition could um, produce. Um, first few goals were very mistake-ridden. Uh, Eddie and Ketia pounced on um, a Christensen pass-back that was under hit. Um, he took that very ball. well. Sorry? It was nearly a through ball. <laughs> it nearly was. And actually, um, in fairness to Nketiah, took it very well. He, um, Sarah was trying to cover Bass, but um, he took it beyond him, took him out of the equation and finished nicely. Uh, Chelsea had a massive slice of luck for their um, equaliser shortly after. Timo Werner was just having a punt from just outside the box. Looked a tame effort, but deflected off Xhaka's heel, grazed Ben White, and then Ramsdale did very poorly um, diving at his near post. It, it seemed like he should have dealt with it. Yeah, uh, it was... A- yeah, Sorry, no, second. go ahead, Steve. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, it felt like a very... Uh, it felt like a game where... Arsenal just were able to capitalise on all the mistakes that Chelsea were making. They didn't really create too many chances themselves. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah, like neither, I think the fact that neither team was grabbed a foothold in the game, neither team actually really created their own chances. It was taking the opportunities presented to them by the opposition. Um, Arsenal's second goal was actually like a brilliant team goal, great move, but even that started off with kind of not dealing with the ball very well in our own 18-yard box. Granite Xhaka goes by Lukaku in our own 18-yard box again, nutmegs Alonso on the edge, and then you just see the pitch open up for the counter quickly to Odegaard, quickly to Saka, who carries it about 50 yards, pretty unopposed. Slips it to Odegaard, who quickly um, does it, uh, kind of slips it in kind to Smith-Rowe, who passed it very nicely just into and, uh, Mendy's bottom and to, corner. Uh, to give you a quick, uh, a quick question there, Steve, with, with Smith-Rowe scoring now, do you fancy him to keep a starting spot against United coming up at the weekend? And uh, and if so, is he, is he worth picking up? It's a very tough one because, like, everyone knows he's a very good player. He's hit double-digit goals this season in the Premier League. Um but it's just the position he is, is at the minute is the, you know, the left wing, left mid spot that kind of Martinelli suits more. 
But I, I think if if he is available, he's he's one that's definitely worth a punt because there's goals to be had against United, and even off the bench, he's shown he he can um, contribute there. And uh, and so then to maybe have a quick look at Chelsea. Obviously, the they'll be kicking themselves with this result, um, conceding four goals at the Bridge. Not often you hear that with the Thomas Tuchel side. They have a double game week against West Ham and United. West Ham are they are at home and United they're away. Um, would you will you be starting your uh, your Chelsea defenders uh, in this one uh, after them conceding four? Yeah, no, Not I really know. Would you? It's hard to. I mean, like if you, yeah, attacking wing backs maybe, but I mean, with, I suppose Christensen injured, Rudiger injured. Uh, Thiago Silva tired from playing so many games. I mean, like there's rotation there, and you can probably pick players out. But at the same time, do you want them? I mean, if you have a mending a mending goal, I can see why you'd stick with him. If you hadn't got a, I suppose a, a really nice fixture like a, a City fixture or a Liverpool fixture, as much as I'm against Everton, but I wouldn't be jumping up for them because again, conceding four goals and a lot of them, as I think Stephen alluded to, quite error strewn. It's hard to. You know, say they're great. I suppose picks, and even Mendy hasn't been as good as he was at the start of the season. Uh, not making like particularly no, huge errors. He ha- just, he hasn't been as good since he came back from the Afcon. Not really good saves either. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so agree. maybe something, some food for thought there with that uh, with that Chelsea back back five or back three, whichever way you want to look at it there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rudiger. Uh, if Rudiger is back fit, I think that's. Uh, that helps them a great deal. I think he's probably their best centre-back and considering that he might be leaving on a free in the summer, that's a pretty big blow for them if that goes that happens. Um, we'll just have a, a quick run-through then on the, the last game. Uh, it's City 3, Brighton nil. excuse me. Um, not too much to talk about in this game. We can edit that out, don't worry. Uh, that stays in. I'm not editing anything. I'm very lazy. Uh <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a, an, a kind of a little bit of a nervous game for City. You know, Brighton uh, in their last two games uh, away to Spurs and away to Arsenal picked up six points, so they were kind of in the giant killer type of form. And City, after seeing Liverpool dominate United four 0 were had to keep the the win streak going. I, I think it, I think City will win out though. I don't see them losing the game really, or even drawing a game if I'm honest. But this was a kind of tough game for them because they knew Brighton were going to be tough to break down and that proved the case in the first half. There wasn't really anything doing. They were kind of lobbing crosses into the box, which is Burnley's bre- or Brighton's bread and butter because they've got like Veltman, uh, Duffy and um, Dunk who just head all, all of it away. Um, eventually got the breakthrough in the second... Yeah, big exactly. Boys. They eventually got the breakthrough in the second half um, when they won back possession in the midfield. And De Bruyne tried playing a through ball to Mares that got, took a deflection off of a Brighton defender, but Mares then got pounced on the end of it, chipped the keeper for a lovely finish. Uh, the second goal then was a, a little bit fortunate as well. It was a, a set piece move from a corner. Uh, Mares playing the ball to Phil Foden, who took a shot from outside the box and it deflected and went in. And then they, you might have to help me out. Who got the final goal? Was it? Uh, yes, Silva. you're right. It was it was Bernardo Silva, I believe. Uh, and that, at that stage, then, like you know, the game was pretty much home and hosed. So it was a little bit of a nervous, uh, say, opening fifty minutes. But then after they made, they scored the first goal. Like they knew Brighton didn't have anything to to come back at them with. So you know, it continues City's march towards the title, uh, keeps them one point ahead of Liverpool in the title race. 
uh, it was noticeable that Kyle Walker was out injured. You'd hope he'll be back soon. Diaz came on at halftime for Nathan Ake, who got injured. So they moved uh, Laporte out to left back. So they're 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 kind of making do as at, at the back four. But you know they'll be hoping to have Kyle Walker back soon, especially with the Champions League coming up. And uh, you know just that that constant pressure that's on there from Liverpool. But they are very much in the driver's seat, so you do fancy them. Um, not a whole lot to take out of this game. Brighton, just you know, uh, they weren't able to replicate what they were able to do against Spurs and Arsenal. Notice, obviously, so because City are a much better team than both of those. Um, but they play Southampton uh, at the weekend, which is a, a, a matchup they'll like the look of. Uh, if they can get um, some go forward ball, like they'll be they'll be happy with that. But Brighton doing just about enough to stay in the league and you know hover around that thirteenth spot. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have any other takeaways from this game, boys? I think I mean, look, it's, just, it's it's City being frustrating. Uh, as someone with Diaz and Walker, both who were injured, I was hoping that one would get the start. If they had, I mean, I would have won my week. I think one, the only thing that can really be the downfall of City uh, is those um, injuries to the likes of Walker, who we're not sure when he's returning, and Ake as well, because they're very uh, treadbare at the back now. Um, and I think when they're trying to win the Champions League as mm-hmm. well, they could easily, if, if one more defender goes down, they kind of leaves them shaky in both uh, yeah, competitions. Yeah, so look, we'll, we'll have to see how, how things play out um, going forward. And speaking of going forward, uh, let's go and have a look at the hmm. uh, matches coming up for Game Week 34. And in game week 34, uh, we have a regular set of fixtures for once, with maybe with only one double game week. Uh, we have Arsenal United playing at the half 12 on the Saturday, which is a, a exciting one. Never back the early kickoff. Uh, Leicester play Villa at 3. Uh, City at Watford is also at 3 o'clock. Norwich against Newcastle is at 3 o'clock, which is an interesting one. Uh, Brentford then play Spurs on Saturday Night Football. Uh, the early Sunday games are Burnley Wolves. Uh, Chelsea West Ham Brighton Southampton followed by the uh, evening game of Liverpool Everton probably the game of the week uh, Monday Night Football is Palace against Leeds and then it rounds off uh, after uh, a long uh, break because of the Champions League football uh, with uh, United Chelsea on the Thursday night so uh, to- uh, kick us off with our, our three uh, fantasy tips Steve you're liking the look of these Chelsea players after- even after Paddy's uh, uh, slagging of them in the earlier segment. Yeah, I'm just going to spit in the face of Paddy's opinion. No, uh, nothing not new there. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, I I, I do fancy um, Chelsea because I I I, I complete I agree with the points Paddy made that it was a lot of mistakes and stuff. But I don't think they're going to have the same calamity of errors. Um, also, their opponents on paper look like bigger and better names: West Ham and Ch- and United. Or West Ham and Man United, just because it is West Ham United. Um, West Ham will have their eye on the Europa League semi-final, and they've been pretty kind of leggy of late with their eyes on that. And similarly, then United are just shite. So, yeah, no, I fancy uh, Chelsea to come away with uh, defensive points as well as like the attacking assets, you know. But I think they're mainly taking your mounts, your Havertz. Um, I, I got Werner this week. I think that's kind of. He was the last. That was the last league he was available in. So yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, up. and I was just looking here. It says uh, Rudiger um, 
is likely to play against West Ham. It'll be close, but you figure that if he, if he doesn't play against West Ham, he's going to play against United. So um, probably going to start him in that case if you have him. Um, moving us on then to uh, the second pick, uh, Paddy uh, leads against Palace. Palace at home for this game on Monday Night Football a stage. They're more than well suited to. Yeah, well, I mean, look, everyone loves their their their, their Monday football. I think that Palace tend to play well on Monday. Um, I also think that I mean, it's hard to pick Palace forwards, with the exception of uh, the very obvious uh, Mister Wilfred Zaha. I I think that Leeds, despite maybe writing the ship a small bit recently, uh, I'm actually not fully haven't been following Leeds fully to know what their results have been, but I do know that they've been better as of late. Uh, all season they've been leaky. They haven't been good. Uh, I think at one point they were on to. Uh, break Derby's record set record setting uh, worst season ever for most goals conceded. So there's no question that despite maybe a, a bit of better commandeering from the new manager recently, they are a, a leaky team. So I do think Zaha probably is a very good pick. I have in my team. Um, as much as I'd like to drop them based on them doing so badly yesterday, burning me, I, I still do think that one will be remiss to I suppose sleep on them because Leeds are. Just a bad team. I mean, if you could pick someone else who is going to start, that's great. Obviously, Gallagher has very much had a bit of a lull the last few I was say weeks, but the last few months. But, uh, but yeah, the obvious decision and obvious pick is, of course, uh, Zaha. I don't think you can really pick a forward otherwise, sorry, other than him, given, I suppose, looking there, Edward hasn't been starting as much recently. Uh, Mateta has been getting minutes, but nothing, you know, I suppose, consistent enough. So, so yeah, the one I've really gone for is Zaha. Well, I mean, Mateta has been getting the minutes and, you know, like he got the goal against Arsenal. I think uh, Edward started the last game, so it's likely he pr- probably starts this one. And like you said, Leeds with a leaky defence still, they're better, but still not where they they probably like to be. So, you know, if, if you're if you're desperate for if you're desperate yeah, for, yeah, for a fourth yeah. attacker, you know, there are worse options than, than that. Um and I'd say uh, you're, you're correct. Yeah, I'm looking at the say correct, is yeah. out injured now, so Jordan Ayew is like more likely to start on the right as well. Like I know he doesn't really contribute a lot, but he, whenever he, whenever he does, it <laughs> usually has big returns, like a couple of goals in a game or something like that. Um, mm. And I, I do think that Palace last night, just last thing to say, is that that was very much surprising to me because I do think all season, and particularly last, say ten weeks. Uh, they've been very, very good, and they've been very good going forward. It looked fluid. Vieira hasn't playing well, so I wouldn't let. Uh, I suppose that game was it last night. I poor last night uh, dissuade me too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like Newcastle, were just uh, we're just you know with the home crowd, we're we're able to to edge it. And yeah. the last one then is Wolves defenders still against Burnley. Uh, they're away for this one, but they've had a, a a time off to kind of rest and recover and kind of get their mindset for this game like you know they're still kind of in and around kind of the european places and their defense has been one of their their cornerstones for their for the way they want they've uh they've been competitive this season so you know if you've got connor cody or jose sa you're probably going to start them uh size is kind of like a constant kilman's pretty good uh Semedo kind of gets rotated a little bit now that johnny's back i'd say he's probably going to get that starting spot but whether it's on the right or the left he can kind of do a bit of both, so kind of wait and see. But anyone in that kind of back three of the centre backs, you're kind of probably going for. Um, you know, uh, Burnley, as as we speak, are, are currently two 0 up against Southampton, and the second half has just kicked off. Uh, Nathan Collins with a, a Brownhill assist. 
um, which was the second goal, and Conor Roberts with the Brownhill assist was the first goal. So, uh, in terms of um, in terms of the the the, the way things uh, you wanted to go for for both of you, I suppose it's kind of good for you, Steve, in that Che Adams isn't coming on, and but probably bad for you, Paddy, in that it doesn't look like uh, Brogia has done anything so far. Uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, I suppose anything different to usual that useless prick, but. Uh... I mean, I've had him three times this season. I don't know why I keep bringing him in. He's not very good at football. He he's not good at putting the ball in the net, and that's his one job. Uh, he's very frustrating. And I just wish I kept uh, the players I had. Uh, I'm also surprised that uh, Southampton didn't so bad against Burnley because Burnley aren't good. Uh, but it puts pressure. You know, Bro had not scoring for me is obviously very upsetting. And Burnley making up ground on Everton is less than fabulous, also, because I would have you know I would have thought that against Southampton that was a game they were going to lose. So, uh, so yeah, do you know, a Broha brace would have me very happy now. And uh, after our three fantasy picks, it's the what we're what we're all here for is the spicy boys. So, uh, Paddy, do you want to maybe kick us off with your spicy boy then? Yeah, my spicy boys. Despite my saying that uh, I wouldn't be flying in for Chelsea defence, I meant Chelsea defender defenders. I want my Chelsea attacking defenders. Thank you very much. Uh, if you have a Marcus Alonso floating about, or in a very unlikely possibility of a Reese James floating about I will be jumping on them because I think that this week will be a good week for them uh, West Ham have not been their usual regiment itself of past times the Moyes is kind of suppose defence hasn't been as good which is surprising I think there's a good chance that Chelsea will have some joy along the wings uh, and against uh, Man United uh, it's funny because I'm saying Man United are the easier the easier team as opposed to West Ham and I sincerely mean it I could see um, both of them having a lot of joy uh, against the uh, United flanks and just the United defence generally. There, yeah. So yeah, Chelsea defenders. Yeah, Chelsea wing backs are are usually key to how Chelsea like to play, especially a Reese James with like Marcus Alonso as well as more than capable of uh, popping up with a goal or even a goal from a free kick. Uh, Steve, uh, you've uh, you've got a, an interesting one as well. Uh, you're looking at that Leicester Villa game for your spicy boy. Yeah, um, unfortunately Ty couldn't be on the pod today, so I thought I'd kind of bring a bit of his essence and spirit in with my spicy boy. He loves Leon Bailey, and I do kind of fancy Villa because, uh, again, Leicester completely have their eye on the Conference League. Um, they, they're not, they have no interest in the Premier League, they have nothing to play for. So I think Villa, after about two weeks rest... Um, are going to want to kind of come out and impress for Gerrard, and it's going to be basically Leicester's second team. So um, I think Leon Bailey will return, um, regardless of whether he starts or not. If he starts, I think there's multiple uh, goal contributions there. Yeah, that's, there that's spicy, all right. Uh, I, I hope Leicester don't put out their second string because I have Madison and I'd, li- I'd like him to do something. But uh, I take your point all the same. Uh, Leon Bailey, I don't know if he's been starting very often for, for Villa. I, I haven't been keeping a close eye on them for a little while now. But, you know, the the injuries this season have just ravaged him. And he hasn't really had any chance to get going. So, yeah, if he can, if he starts this game, uh, you know, Leicester or Leakey at the back, we all know that. They couldn't even keep a clean sheet against Everton, for Christ's sake. So, um, you know, how good are they really? <laughs> so. I was hoping to get a reaction out of Paddy there, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quiet, stayed quiet. I won't take your bait. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm used yeah. to it at this stage. He cries on the yeah, inside exactly. nowadays. Uh, so then to, to round it off with the three spicy boys, um, 
I I I know Newcastle uh, lately have been actually quite good um, with regards to like uh, keeping clean sheets. They kept one against uh, Palace only last night, but away to Norwich, Timo Puki is is playing really well. Like I think he got a goal, uh, he got a goal and an assist against United, and he got a he's had he's in the last five games he's he's returned with I think at like three goals and three assists or maybe the last six games. But he, he's on he's on doing all right anyway. Enough for Norwich to trigger the extension in his contract, so he's obviously doing something right. And uh, at home against Newcastle, I just fancy them to do something, so I'm back in the team of Pookie to score against Newcastle as my spicy boy. Uh, not the spiciest of the bunch, but it, it, spicy, it, spicy enough. Uh, spicy enough. I, Norwich uses it. He's just good. He is good. I'm actually going to say it. it's really <sighs> nice that um, in Owen's absence... That um, you as host, Steve, have decided to keep your spicy boy from the previous no, week. No, mine 20. was in Buemo last week. So, um, sh- oh, was it in Buemo last week? Oh. Sorry, I, I, I remember you had Pookie recently, and I just thought it was very kind of oh, following four with four nows. Oh, I was half tempted uh, to do four nows just to piss on off, but I said, no, I'd rather not. I'd actually pick it, make a good spicy pick. Um, because I don't think any of his have returned, so at least a, at least a couple of mine have so far, anyway. Um, any of his four downs every yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. He's just lazy, you know, like typical Owen, just fucking homing it in like every fucking week. Yeah, what are we doing? Spicy boys, yeah, I'll just pick four nails again. Why not? Fuck it. It's got to be right sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and after that, we'll we'll just take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, matchups going into the final week of game week 34 and any potential waiver moves the lads might be making. And looking ahead to the final game week before the playoff uh, positions are decided, uh, the matchups for for this week are Cahill Connolly against myself. Uh, Mitch will be playing Mark Lossy in the hope that he can get into the the playoff spots for fifth to eighth. Uh, Mark will be playing yourself, Steve, in a, a battle to decide who will be staying in the top four. Uh, John will be playing Owen Dillon in a more or less kind of pointless affair. Uh, Paddy will be playing Owen uh, Kenhedi in a battle to decide if Paddy stays in the playoffs or not, with Owen already secured. Uh, Porrick <laughs> will be playing Andy Harrington uh, in a, a spicy enough affair for Porrick to stay in that 5th to 8th. Uh, Team Auto Draft will be playing Conor McMullen uh, in a matchup. Conor will be expecting to win. Uh, Connor Skeen will be taking on Ty Flynn uh, in a middle uh, of the table battle. And to round it out then, it'll be uh, Gary taking on Thomas uh, with the the two teams in that bottom six playing each other uh, before the, 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 the playoff spots. So uh, like just, uh, just a general feeling, boys. How, how are you feeling going into this final week? Nervous? Excited? Bit of both? I'm sweating. Honestly, uh, fantasy football is it's something that fuels me. It's also something that takes years off my life. And I've been saying for weeks that like it's got to come down to the last week. I knew it was. Uh, as soon as I got that one point loss to Mitch. So, yeah, I'm nervous. I have to go all out for this week. Uh, my picks are going to be based on, I suppose, this week and this week alone, and I can, I suppose, react thereafter. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose for, for the neutrals, it's the best it could possibly be. But for me, as Stephen frequently says, Stephen Lyons frequently says, I'd much rather be comfortable. Uh, I think we all would, yeah. But, you like, know? sure, look, this is what you live for. You know, it's uh, it doesn't get any more exciting. It doesn't get any more exciting than <laughs> this. It's, it's almost like after this, like, the playoffs are kind of like a formality afterwards. It's just because there's been so much build-up, you know. It, it's it's shaped up almost perfectly for this. Um, Steve, Steve I'm, 
Yeah, yeah, Steve, I'm not going to ask you to, to tell me who the players that you'll be picking up are because obviously it's, it's too important a game week. But any general general idea? No, I can Annie, tell you. You won't. Uh, we're we're not going to float. We're not going to float your your <laughs> fake rumors to try and pick up bad players uh, that you were discussing during the break for the listeners, <laughs> uh, which is why I deliberately do not fall propaganda on you. So, Steve, go, uh, the, the the floor is yours. Um, I went with Leon Bailey for my kind of spicy boy, but like I think just Villa in general is a very mild and sensible choice. Um, again, I, I mentioned you know Leicester are going to be having a week inside. Villa are coming into the fixture well rested, and you know they have quality players like Coutinho, John McGinn, Ramsey, Watkins up top, or Danny Ings if he's there. The, the wing backs as well in Dinya and Matty Cash are both good options. So yeah, I think Villa, uh, off, outside of kind of our previous advice and the obvious City Liverpool um, advice, also very good, Steve. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm probably going to regret this, Paddy. Is there is there anyone that you would genuinely recommend to people, or are you just going to spout? Nonsense? Look, I was actually on the fantasy football sub. No, no, and no, was... no. We're moving on. Cut, cut, so cut. I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in into this week's episode. Uh, if you'd like to, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at the FPL Jingle, uh, or you can, uh, sorry, and you can. Oh, oh, normally does this stuff. He's got it down to a T. I have no fucking idea. I honestly just, I honestly just zone out whenever. Uh, if you uh, just pick up for me, you know, guys. Don't pick up for me, you know, people. Uh, you can find the link to the podcast or the the league in the podcast description below. And there's also a link to the Discord in there. I'm pretty sure that's everything that Owen's talking about or talks about at the end of these episodes. Um, any closing words, uh, starting with you, Paddy? I mean, Stephen, I think for a man who is suffering from an illness and who is suffering from the, the lack of his uh, less than helpful sidekick, I think you've uh, hosted this, this show admirably, I must say. So fair play. Yeah, like it's 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 nice to be, just be able to edit out all the mistakes that I've made during it. So yeah, it's appreciated. <laughs> uh, Steve, any uh, you want to you want to you want to sign us off? I'm just going to say it's been nice talking to you again, Steve. Just because of the isolation, we haven't really chatted much during the day. Um, but uh, I have some serious final words, though. Um, you know, the next episode we'll know who's who, who's where. There's been blood, sweat, and tears put into the season, and if I don't make top four, there will be more blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> And on that bombshell, good night.